0: Okay, these are continuing dialogues with uh, Dr. Chetan. The question is about you know past experiences of highs and euphorias and, or potent experiences of, in the past of enjoyment, of whatever it might be, whether it's an addiction or not. And one has recognized that this is harmful to me and I don't want this to be repeated. What does one do? So could you uh, please explain that?
1: Yeah, so um, the whole idea, like um, you said, uh, or the question was how uh, most of these people who are addicted to like different things, uh, it's because they, they uh, have certain experiences, whether it's food or other forms, alcohol and yeah. different things. So I think meditation is a very powerful tool because it can take you to realms of having that experience. One needs to stay in those um and go deeper first of all in meditation to find ways of getting those mystical experiences <coughs> excuse me to do that so that is the the um extent of which you can actually do it and so if you go in that direction you can have breath work which i have you know i'm I'm currently exploring which is huge which can give you these chemical um you know secretions like dmt the dimethyltryptine, which is what is used for drugs people who are on um you know heroin and um, cocaine and everything which is what they seek or they um, you know want so this is how you do through meditation breathing breath work you go deeper and deeper in it you need to find other experiences without harming yourself is what we want to do and that's the meditation so we can start with the simple meditation but you can go deeper and deeper in it and to find that 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 uh, space um, where you could experience all these things again, it's hard work. It's obviously not like popping a, a drug, but you can do it. Breath work is huge. I can tell you that it, it even that takes time, but it takes lesser time than even just plain meditation and going into that space. So these are things you can do. The other things in the meantime is to really find things like exercise it's a huge de-stressor. Endorphins are huge. And that's why people are doing all these um, extreme forms of exercise, climbing mountains, um, ultra runners, um, triathlons, you know, all these people are looking at different ways of knowing how much or where they can go with this. Um, and also trying to push the boundaries to um, realize how much one po- in their potential is also. So I think these are all things need to be explored by people. Like for example, if somebody has an, in, you know, has this craving, they can really go out for a walk, hop up on the treadmill and really go in and do even to 10, 15 minutes. You're going to have these endorphins kicking in. You don't want that thing anymore. Of course, there is occasions when you have a celebration and everything you want to be, um, you know, using, you know, eating those because you're human. You, you're here on earth to experience good good things too. So it's not going to be harmful. Your body doesn't break down with one piece of sweet or anything. The problem is, how much have you given, how much or what state it is in now. So if you reboot that with all your good, you know, reverse it with good food, good thoughts, good meditation, exercise, um, you know, relationships and et cetera, you know, all the foundation, um, you can eat a piece of sweet. You can eat more than that. The body can metabolize anything and actually detox and get rid of it. It's not going to have any harmful effects because we know that, think about this body, it is so... Um, amazing it is such a complex uh, machine if you want to put it simply that we don't I don't think we know enough of it at all we think we know the systems we really don't know enough it's evolving more and more how the body actually functions there's millions of chemical reactions going on throughout the body the body always tries to correct itself the problem is the mind-body connection which comes into the play and the mind is the problem. So that's why the body can't do a lot of things because the mind, you know, you know kind of, um, not spoils, but it, it comes in the way in the sense like the, 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 the um, communication is such that it sends wrong signals. And so the body has to do accordingly. So that's why, in, that's the other thing. What happens in meditation, and you go into that space, when you go beyond your body and your mind, now the body doesn't have the interference with the mind. So it is going to start detoxing, it is going to start doing its work, which it hasn't got to do in years, because the mind has kept telling them all the misinformation. It's like feeding, somebody's feeding you all the wrong information from the media and you build these thoughts and you build these impressions and everything and all of that. but. The same thing, if if you take away the mind, the body knows exactly what to do. It's like can fix itself completely.
0: That's an extremely powerful statement. If you take away the mind, you mean like the disturbances of the mind, the body knows. It's like an innate intelligence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The body is really perfect. Think about it. All the things it does, how the heart functions, how the, you know, uh, kidney functions, how the um, liver functions, every organ you can think of. They, the body knows what to do. It signals when the body needs food, everything. But the mind comes in between and disrupts the whole thing. It sends, starts sending wrong signals because of what you've been through or what your memories are and emotional things and everything. So then the body has to adjust constantly do the, do these things mm-hmm. and that's what disrupts the whole mechanism so we are interfering so much because of the mind so when I say take away the mind you integrate it more and you realize that you're sending the right signals now to the body the body's going to stay healthy so that's just mm-hmm. if you really look at it it's very simple of course, you know, to put it in practice is complicated. Otherwise, we would all done, have done it. But that's the thing about what we're doing, trying to yeah. do a meditation, having, because of meditation, you are going to be more aware of, you know, your thoughts, every thought that comes through, so you can actually help the body eventually, and, and your life in general.
0: No, I, I, it's, a, it's very well said. And, you know, I think what really fascinates me from what you, what you were saying is that meditation and different varieties of, of it, can give an individual an experience like, you know, like being high on a drug, let's say, or, or, or having a wonderful experience eating a lot of sweets or some of the other kinds of pleasurable, enjoyable experiences, but it doesn't come with any harm. It, in fact, it, it's going to benefit you. So you kind of have, quote, have your, you know, your proverbial cake and eat it too. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that is a very attractive point. Uh, for anyone to take hold of meditation, to actually go into it,
1: yeah, absolutely, so that 's the thing. In fact, um, the um, old like thousands of years ago, all the Himalayan yogis and every, everybody, yeah. this is all they did They, <laughs> they spent lifetimes, you know if you believe in lifetimes, but i 'm saying even their lives, trying to figure out what else is in you. And when you explore, you deprive yourself of water, you deprive yourself of food, you deprive yourself of all the things and go inward and just observe about what happens with you. you see phenomenal things happen inside of you all the and we we don 't even know we half of the world doesn 't know that we have energy systems in our body. We have electricity running through our body, which can actually light up a whole city. That much energy we have. We don't know our power. So these these saints and sages figured that out, how they could light up their whole body, by just breath work and just going inward and really looking at themselves. So can you imagine how much power you have? We are only talking of these small experiences and everything. But once you delve into it, you can experience... Much more than this. The point is to know this is number one. The second thing is how far are you going to go in it to actually want that? The yearning has to be there. That is something which is innate in many people and the levels are different. Now, there are some people who said, I don't want to even know what's deep inside me. I'm happy where I am and that's okay too. The problem with that is you're happy with where you are till your body breaks down and once the body goes into illness mode and it suffers, then you're like, oh, I should, I don't know why this is happening to me. And without, you know, and and you, you don't, little do you realize that you actually caused it. When I say caused it, I mean like with your wrong thinking and, you know, not eating right and this whole complex process. So, but to what we want to come out in this is how powerful we are to reverse these things, to actually take control of that, say, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to live being sick and ending, ending up in the hospital back and forth? No, we don't want to do it. We just want to live the best we did. So you can even find at least a middle ground somewhere where you're going to say, let me experiment. How much does it help? So as you do more and more, you will see that you'll have less of these, at least those um, anxiety, depression, and not so good feelings yeah. will get better and better as you go along. So...
0: You know, we talk about the health construct, the the idea of health, um, and I think most people would say they want good health. Uh, we've said that over and over again, but to actually say that I don't want the damage, I don't want the illnesses, you know, to to put it in in that language, is also. Equally important, you know wanting health is like a positive statement, but not wanting all the illnesses and the problems and the damage uh, and to be and to hold that mindfully, could you say something about you know about prevention in that sense. So you have people who are not uh, unhealthy right now, but and they want to stay that way, right? So that's a prevention. And then then those those people who are on the road to you know becoming healthy and they want to mo- move along that road. So could you say something about prevention in uh, 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 in that context? Yeah. So and, and and I'm and I'm saying and I'm asking the question really in terms of. Uh, preventing you know the same cyclical patterns, the negative loops, but we can call that relapse prevention also with addictions but but also people who have never gone into that realm uh, to prevent from going into that realm because it may seem like an attractive thing that after having had a couple of drinks or after having had certain kind of experiences say, "Oh, this feels so awesome, let me just go into it further you know so it 's a question about prevention, and then maybe we can end the recording here with that today, so
1: yeah, so prevention is key you know, obviously because of the state of the health around the world, not just this, you know, in America, it's everywhere because of all the things which um, there's an empty number of things. The state of health is not, again, just food. You know, it is many things. Yes. You know, we have, it's a smaller world now because we have all the information sharing and everything. But what happens with that is there's a lot of disturbance. There's a lot of uh, fear which is building up more than which it was before, because before, if, if you know, there's only small part of the world something was going on, the other part of the world didn't know, and they were pretty happy, so they were not sharing this, you know, um, the fear and doubts and mistrust and um, the world falling apart and what's going to happen to human race and things like that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be connected, but that's what's becoming a major problem. So when you have certain things like this there is so much of chaos so like we said before there is no you feel like there's nothing under your control and so what happens when you have that helplessness is you just keep going up and down so that's one of the factors not to mention people's greed and people's, um, you know, trying to accumulate wealth for themselves. And so, you know, obviously the foods are tainted and there's a lot of toxins and everything, uh, coming into the picture. Um, and, and these kind of things, you know, and there's much more, but what I would say to people is you have the power because ultimately like we discussed, it's all about how you control your inner environment and, Take that power with you and say, what can I do the best at this point? Yes, I'm not saying you can, and you don't need to. You don't have to take away all the toxins and everything. My main thing is if you believe that you have the power, number one. Number two is how do I sustain that power and use it for the betterment of myself and the other people around me? It can be only you. It's much more than that. We're all humans. We're all connected. So we have to do that. And when you... And then, of course, select whatever you can in the foods you have, the best options you can. And even this poorest person can prioritize what they can you know, buy and not buy. Yeah. If you have $100, you say, okay, again, remember, we eat more than what we need. So if you really learn to eat small portions and you eat the best food in that small portions, you can easily use the $100 for your food. The problem is you're greedy about because, again, the mind-body connection and you have these cravings, you're going through all these things. So that's the usual problem with suffering. It's not about not having enough even. So it's the mindset. Saying I am in charge. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to make the best of this life that I have. You know, um, I want to live. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of all these things. So absolutely, prevention is possible. It's just changing the mindsets of people to say it's possible. Number one, and how is it possible? Is to yeah. these things: meditate, control your inner inner environment as much as you can. And I say control, manage it. You know, not control, but manage how much, how how, how the best ways to do it. And, you know, eat the right food and everything else will come, you know, together and you will not really have a disease. The problem is when you, and the the problem actually what I see mostly is people don't introspect. They don't look at themselves, what they're actually doing. They just go with the flow every day. It's like a rudderless boat. Okay, I'm going to get up in the morning, brush my teeth, you know, drink my cup of coffee, check my emails. Then again, I'm going to, work, do the same things at work, and then come back and eat or whatever, eat junk and then go to bed. So if you're not, you're only in the outside, you're really not going inwards and seeing what's the quality of my life? What am I, am I, am I happy? Am I not happy? Am I, um, am I um, using all my potential? There are so many factors like that. So once the introspection is the key, if you start introspecting, you can come out with a lot of it. Yes. The thing is, if you just go out, outwards and live the life like that, because somebody told this, this is the way to live, because my peers say this, because the public says this, because the president says this, or because whatever, whoever, whoever you trust says yeah. this, and you go with the flow, then you are at the mercy of that, you know, of the outside circumstances. So it is going to cause suffering. It is not going to be a wonderful journey but if you want to make it more you got to take the you know onus on you and say this is my internal environment i'm going to do the best i can at every stage in my life every day in my life every moment in my life and that's how you know people who live well and successful so called mm-hmm. um not money wise i'm saying just to live a living a good life is what i call success yeah. is possible definitely and that's prevention that's it
0: mm-hmm. see it, it seems to me that uh you know through all of your teachings and and all the things that you're saying there's like a common thread that there's a thread that runs through everything you're saying and see if i've got it right here and maybe you can really clarify that your your emphasis is on the inner world and inner synchronicity inner harmony you know irrespective of circumstance whether it 's economic circumstance, life circumstance, family circumstance, whatever it might be, health circumstance, whatever the certain situation may be, you are emphasizing the harmony within uh, and 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 I believe what you 're stating is that if we can harmonize from within then then that is really where true joy and happiness and balance and you know where where real life is there so is 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 that is that right
1: absolutely and when you harmonize within you're going to see even your relationships with people how how we can you know we can all live in this world together in peace because every individual if they try to do this they would find that it's all about cooperation and there is no competition in this world. <laughs> this is just, you know, the politicians, this is all the other people, you know, capitalism, whatever has created these things in your mind as survival of the fittest is the way to go. And if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. You know, all these things I've, hear, I've been hearing a lot. And that is not the way human beings are by design. And um, if you read or if you listen to this, famous um, geologist and, um, you know, um, his name is Greg Braden. He talks about, because of his investigations in the past, he talks about relics, he's a geologist, and he talks about climate cycles, all these things. He says, human by design are not competitive at all. This is just even going against... Darwin's theory where we, you know, this was, this came from just because Darwin said doesn't mean it was all, you know, it was okay for that time being maybe, but it doesn't make sense now. You know, there is no survival of the fittest. That's because we don't think about ourselves and we don't go inward and create that balance. Mm -hmm. There is enough food going around for, to feed the whole world and more. The problem is this mindset when you take away and there is a tilt of all these accumulated wealth and food in one and pouring it out into the drain and not sharing it with the rest of the world. That's the disparity. That's the whole issue. So it's human behavior. It's the human uh, is the problem. So where does the behavior come from? It's not looking inside.
0: It's it's almost like uh, the unfit mind is creating the notion of survival of the fittest.
1: Exactly. (laughs) It is. It just is because you're not looking inwards. That's the point of going inwards. We realize that... Hey, wait a minute it's we're all one there is no way human beings are not one it's one humanity why do we call humanity because yeah. you're really one entity it's not even different beings yes with flesh and bones we are but we are so connected with each other with energy vibrations and everything mm-hmm. that it is has to be looked like that when you start looking at like that and the only way you can look at it is when you go inwards there is no way to say outwards because we look at people, We are separate beings. And that's the problem in the separation comes. That's where the, um, you know, the, um, you know, discrimination comes. That's where looking at somebody at every level, not just color, just by um, education, by um, work. The only reason why even these, um, you know, different people in different you know, uh, occupations is because they're good at that, what they do. It doesn't have anything to do with upper or lower. There's nothing, no levels at all. So these are all created with the mind if you really look at it. So that's the whole idea about looking inside, which is gonna help you in, in so much more In in the world, like living in harmony and living together in peace and calm and joy, ecstasy even. So these are all connected. This is not just um, even health, you know, it is much more than that. If you look at it, health is only a small factor in this life. It's just life itself. It's... You know, mm-hmm. just being here. What's it's
0: purpose? like being high on life. Exactly.
1: And that's what that sh- happens, mm-hmm. comes from giving is a huge part of that. Being a part of other people, having the best relationships um, is a big part of it. Otherwise, if as human beings, if somebody was secluded in an island, they would go crazy. Why? Because we're not people to be in isolation. Yeah, periods of time in solitude, but not real isolation.
0: Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yes, because... You know, you use the word ec- uh, ecstasy, ecstatic. We just have a couple minutes left here. You, you know, it seems to me that an ecstatic life uh, is a very full life. It's a it's a life that is filled with um, tremendous amount of awakened energy. Maybe you could say something about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's all awakened. And then, like I said, we have energy to light up the whole, you know, yeah. a city. So when you awaken more and more energy remember everything we do is has to be converted in for energy like the foods we eat the thoughts we think it's all converting into some form of energy why do we eat food because we need that much amount of energy to go into the cells but we could do it ourselves to harness this in so many other ways that you you know this happened thousands of years ago when they didn't eat foods for days and years literally years how did they do that because they knew this power they had in them is so much more that they could actually harness that from inside into their you know into into their being so that's the thing so when it goes into um ecstasies when you go into the brain when certain chemicals are released so that's what you're trying to redirect your energies in by tools and techniques through in in, through meditation which is going to bring you into that ecstatic state which only tells you to be in coherence in the world not just your own mind body. You're talking about coherence, global coherence. We're not only talking about the idea is if individual coherence happens, then it will lead to global coherence. Yes. And that will be a whole different humanity. And that exactly. would be the best group of people, which is amazing.
0: Which would really I- uh, uh, indicate, or what you're saying is, is a strong indication of what is possible for each human being.
1: Absolutely.
0: You Absolutely, know, And to recognize that possibility and then to grab hold of that. I mean, you know, listening to these recordings is, is, is a beginning, but to really actually believe it and to grab hold of it would bring about the realization you're talking about.
1: Absolutely. Again, listening, listening again and again, introspecting and application mm-hmm. and then will lead to realization.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, that's very nice. Thank you very much, Dr. Chetna Kripal. Thank you so much. All right.